0: Podcast hosting provided by Transistor. If you want to host your own show, head over to Transistor.fm and start a 14-day
1: free trial. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino, and once again Chris is with me this morning.
0: Hello, Dino. How you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I've uh, just come back from holiday, so I am refreshed and uh, yeah, ready to get back on top of things. So yeah, very happy.
0: Very good. Where did you go?
1: Went to Rarotonga, so I've been uh, on the beach, um, as they say, um, but literally. So, it was uh, it was really good. Did some did some snorkeling, which I've never done before, and uh, a lagoon cruise. And
0: oh, yeah, fantastic.
1: It was it was really really cool.
0: It sounds really nice, actually. Yeah,
1: fully recommend that place. Hmm,
0: that sounds lovely. Yeah.
1: Yes, so uh, Wi-Fi was pretty limited, but I'm back into the world of social media and back into uh, watching Formula E stuff and uh, Moto yeah. E stuff and catching up on all of the news. So uh, I guess we will sh- we should get right into it. Uh, Chris, do you have a media of the week for us?
0: So um, my media of the week is uh, a book, uh, which is a bit different uh, from me. Uh, So I've been reading a book called 112263 for the past couple of weeks since the Formula E finished. And uh, it's not a recent release. It was released around about 2011, I want to say, 2012. But it's about a guy called Jake Epping. It's a Stephen King book, first off. And it's about a guy called Jake Epping who can travel back in time to 1958 And he tries to prevent the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Ooh. And it's really, really cool. So um, there's like this time portal in the town that he lives in. And if he goes through the time portal, every time he is taken back to a certain time on a certain day in 1958. And regardless of how long he spends in there, the next time he goes back through the time portal, only two minutes will have passed in like present day. So he could be in the time portal for, I don't know, um, two years and come back and it would have only been two minutes. So it's really good. It's really, really good. It's worth a, worth a read. I'm about halfway through and I can't put it down. It's It's fantastic. Really good.
1: Okay, we will have to put that in the show notes. That sounds really interesting. Actually, really interesting. It's
0: it's so good. I mean, I, I'm not usually a big reader. I don't. It's very rare that I pick up a book and like, completely steamroll the way through it. The first time, the last time I did that was like Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and you know, I've been addicted to it. I can't I can't put it down. Instead of watching TV, I've been reading this book. Every time I go to bed, I'm reading this book. It's like ah, you know. Great,
1: love it. I'm very sorry that you're on the podcast instead of reading the book. <laughs>
0: it's fine, it's fine. I need a break.
1: <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. My media of the
0: week.
1: My media of the week is Succession. And it's got a lot more sort of buzz about it at the moment for season two. But um, it is a a family that owns a international media conglomerate and the aging patriarch Logan Roy is contemplating what the future holds and he's been sort of running the show for a bit longer than he would like and probably a lot longer than his family would like so it's sort of about the uh succession plan of uh, his oldest son yeah and uh the different different ways that uh they sort of play off against each other the kids and this sort of loyalties between one another and they try and get one up on each other. And, uh, it's got Kieran Culkin, Macaulay's brother. Oh yeah. Uh, he's interesting. Um, yeah, recommend it.
0: Yeah. That sounds quite interesting. I, th- I think I've seen it advertised. I've definitely heard of it, but I haven't watched it before. Yeah. I might, uh, um, add that to my media list after the book.
1: <laughs> after the book.
0: After the book.
1: Yes. Now, uh, I've been catching up on the news and there is plenty to talk about. Uh, firstly, Robo Race had their season alpha finale, which is yeah. uh, the two teams, uh, the Technical University of Munich, TUM, and they battled it out against Team Arrival, which do sort of electric smart vans. Team Arrival had problems in qualifying, but uh, eventually coming out on top and winning by a pretty healthy margin, has to be said. Did you get to watch this one?
0: Um I watched about the first 10 seconds of the YouTube video.
1: So no, not really. <laughs> no. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh interesting. It was at the Monte Blanco circuit. And it's sort of it's interesting cuz with these cars, they have to be close enough and there has to be a overtake uh on the straight. So there's no overtaking in the corners and um it's okay, just about yeah. how fast I guess once once the cars have overtaken, can they catch up and, and um, do the overtake and allow that, or um, is, is uh, it too far ahead? So I guess it's just about interval times, really.
0: That sounds interesting, yeah. It's nice to see the uh, the whole robo-race um, coming off the ground, though, because it's been going for, I think the first um, dev bot went around a Formula E track in Season 4, was this? I'm not sure. Um, it might be yeah. earlier than that. It might be in season, late season three, season four. So it, it's really nice to see them, you know, kick it into action and get it going. So yeah,
1: Yeah, hopefully there'll be more teams uh, starting up for next season. Yeah, but, um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's one to watch. I think it uh, did a circuit of Goodwood, the the two point oh. Um,
0: yeah, I saw. I saw the the Goodwood run. It's um. Yeah, I think we'll see a few more teams join for the second weather next season, though. Instead of like racing teams, I would imagine we'll see probably a few technology firms perhaps get involved. Um, I'd like to
1: see Tesla get on it because that's a technical that's a tech company that makes cars. So
0: I think Tesla would be great in that because I mean, um, what's he called? The guy who is in charge of Tesla? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. I mean, he's a pretty wild person isn't he and he's a he's a visionary and i think yeah. uh autonomous cars are probably on his uh horizon in all honesty it's i mean i would be queuing up to uh, get involved with that i'd be wanting to put my finger in the pie and i would too enjoy it really yeah i'd
1: yeah. be looking at that and going we need to be in this so
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah i'm sure elon uh, listens to our podcast
0: yeah, I'm sure he does, so if you are, you know, when you do listen to this, Elon, you know, get your act right together and, um, enter robo race.
1: Yeah, I think I would actually die if he tweeted me.
0: Yeah, that would be a heart attack right there. Yeah. But, oh my god.
1: Yeah, I think I'd, uh, be on the phone to everyone I know. And the likelihood of that happening is very slim, so we'll move right along.
0: Yeah.
1: Brendan Hartley joining Geox Dragon. Now, I'm actually pretty torn here because it's Dragon.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, And I want to talk about who his teammate could be. But uh, Brendan said, um, and this is is, uh, from an interview, I'm happy to be taking on a new challenge in Formula E together with Geox Dragon. Formula E is totally different from any other race series I've been in, but I am hoping my experience in many categories with energy management will pay dividends and give me a head start as a rookie. I've already started working with most of the Geox Dragon team, and I have a strong feeling that we can share some good success together in the coming season. Now, didn't you write this, Chris?
0: Um, I think this so, is, yes.
1: Yeah, this one is from Motorsport Monday, or Motorsport Week.
0: Yeah, I wrote this one then.
1: Yes, very good. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on it, first up? Um,
0: I think it's funny that he calls it a new challenge, because it will be. Um, because I'm just, I'm quite torn as well that he's joined Dragon, because he's been testing with Porsche throughout. Um, he's been one of the main uh, test drivers alongside Neil Sharney. and he's racked up thousands upon thousands of kilometers, uh, in the Porsche, uh, Model 1 car, whatever you want to call it. And Brendan Hartley's a top driver. He raced in Formula One in 2018, obviously. He's a two-time World Endurance champion. He's done everything. He's a very talented guy. And of all the teams he could have signed with, Dragon. (laughs) I just feel that he could have possibly um, gone for something more. I think he could have easily signed with a bigger team. Um, I mean, if I was a larger team, I would certainly consider signing him up over um, most drivers at least.
1: Wow, that's pretty high praise.
0: Yeah, and I think Brendan Hartley's a great driver. And he's gone with Dragon, really. And, I mean, I like, well, I like Dragon. They haven't been great over recent seasons. Season 5 was a total mess for them, in all honesty. And if I was a racing driver, I would want to completely avoid that. Um... You know, I mean, Jose Maria Lopez is a talented driver and Dragon made him look bad. So that's my thoughts on it. It's not great, to it? say It's a bit doom and gloom. But um,
1: it is. It
0: yeah, really is. Think?
1: I was hoping that it would be somewhere like Mahindra or Mercedes or just just somewhere that, yeah, like you say, Dragon sort of <laughs> consistency. Uh, they missed both of the drivers around, I'm sure. Um, Gunther didn't know whether he was in the seat the next race. Mm-hmm. It just was, yeah, they need to sort their their driver situation out. And Felipe yeah. Nazar, is he still in the frame or not? And yeah, I just don't want to see Hartley go in there, have a couple of bad races at the start, and then get chucked out, you know?
0: Yeah, get replaced with someone who's got a bit of money. Because the thing is he deserves more than that and he doesn't deserve to be messed about. I think with Dragon you don't really know if you can get messed about or not. So.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll be fine and I'm, you know, I'm sure he'll be there for the season. Yeah. Uh, now, looking upon who his teammate could be, do you think uh, that Gunther will be back?
0: I don't think he'll be back with Dragon. Okay. No. I think um, if I was Max Gunther... I would definitely be looking towards joining a bigger team, uh, because Max Günther in season five was probably I'm going to say the top rookie of the year. Um, he missed the three rounds, fair enough, but he still managed to completely outclass Lopez, and that shows his talent talent as a young driver. If I was a, a bigger team like um, Mahindra or BMW or Jaguar, even, I would definitely look at uh, Maxi Günther uh, to. To progress and move forward, um, and I think Günther should, you know, realistically should uh, hold himself very highly and go, look, I am worth more. Uh, I will push for something higher, and I hope that's what he's going to do.
1: Well, that perfectly segues into what we're going to talk about now. That Günther yeah. has been testing with BMW.
0: He has, yes.
1: But the BMW stable is quite full. Uh, Bitesky Visa, uh, Ericsson. Uh, there's. Who else have we got? I mean...
0: Tom Blomquist is still a BMW back driver.
1: Ah, right, yes. He's been sniffing around as well. And of course, Sims wants to retain the seat as well. Mm -hmm. So he's got his work cut out for him.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a competitive seat to get hold of at a BMW. But Gunther could be a very good fit. Uh, I'm sure BMW would love a German driver in that car. Yeah, I'd quite like to see that.
1: Okay, Uh, since we're still on BMW, we're going to just scroll down the show notes a little bit. Antonio Felix da Costa and BMW have split. And uh, I think this is part of the reason why Maxi Gunther has been testing. And is there a DS to Cheetah deal coming very shortly for da Costa, do you think?
0: I think it looks like it. I think he is the man to replace Andre Lodra, in all honesty. And I hope that's the case, because I would love to see um, Antonio Felix da Costa drive a consistently competitive car as opposed to a fairly competitive car at some races um i think he could yeah it'll be interesting to see what he could do in a ds to Chita, definitely and i think he'd be a very good fit for the team as well he's experienced and uh it would give a ds to Chita one of the most experienced driver lineups on the grid actually probably second to audi as well
1: yeah obviously and inept been there from the start so
0: yeah they've done every single Formula E race together that's
1: uh yeah I mean (laughs) there's experience right there
0: they're probably sick of each other oh he's still here oh yeah
1: (laughs) well I mean it almost looked like it wasn't going to be the same lineup for next season but uh yeah Yeah,
0: Daniel Arp is a very lucky boy you reckon yeah I think so I think he's a yeah, I think it was on the verge, in all honesty, so um, I'm glad he's got the seat, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's picked up quite a few points. I mean, if he... Yeah, I, I guess he had the right amount of points to just tip it over the edge, but yeah, I guess there was quite a few people in for his seat.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, he is uh, Captain Consistency, so you can't really complain about that, can you? He is there to pick up the pieces. So.
1: We'll move back up the show notes to Neo... The Formula E team has been bought by Shanghai-based Li Xing Racing Co. Ltd. Uh, and this company also owns the rights for TCR China and a distributor for karts, as well as owning the China Karting Championship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Neo, um, they obviously did not do great, uh, putting it nicely last season.
0: It was their worst season on record, I believe.
1: Yeah. Uh, so a new look team. Apparently, Neo is going to retain some investment, but uh, yeah, a new look. Be interesting to see if their driver lineup stays the same.
0: Yeah, I hope it does. Um, they've got two gems in the form of Oliver Turvey and uh, Tom Dillman. Uh, Turvey's been with the team. He hasn't. He's always been with the team in Formula E. I think he joined them uh, for the London E Prix at the end of season one, and then has remained since. But the last time I spoke to Turvey, he, I think he seemed fairly set on remaining with the team for this season. And I think both Dillman and Turvey have tested the season six car, which will be the Neo Sport Five, if it maintains the Sport name system. They just need a bit. I don't know. They're in such a bad place at the moment, Neo. And it, it's so it it would be so hard to maintain the motivation, especially after what they experienced in the first season of Gen Two, because they were so far off the pace. Um, and before the season even started, they knew that they were going to struggle. And then when they got to Adiria, they were they just realised, okay, we are very far off the pace, and um, they just need some kind of hope, some kind of upheaval, really. And it'll be so hard to move on from that, because once you find that you've had a bad season in motorsport, it can be so difficult to turn that around. I mean, look at Williams and Formula One. They had a fairly decent 2017 campaign. They got a podium at Azerbaijan. Uh, In 2018, they went the wrong direction with the car, and they've tried to correct that for this year, and the car's worse, you know it's It's such a hard hole to get out of once you do get in there, but we'll see what they could the, what they can do really um, you know, I hope they can do something because I don't like Neo sitting at the back of the grid.
1: No, you want everyone competitive
0: yeah it's it would be nice to see everyone competitive. I don't want to see Neo as the duck of formula e um quacking away at the back. yeah,
1: so uh the operational and technical management. Uh, will be done by Spanish QEV Technologies, which also has a uh, long-standing association with Campos Racing. Yeah. Now, will we see? I guess the you know Jerry Hughes stay. That's the other question.
0: I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I like I like Jerry Hughes. He's um very forward-thinking and very motivated. And what I like is um Jerry Hughes' work work ethic is very similar to Oliver Turvey and Tom Dillman. And I think that's the perfect blend. So um, the, the the three of them have a very similar work ethic, and I think Jerry Hughes is the kind of man who would appreciate Turvey and Dillman working in a similar way to him. Uh, with Nelson Piquet, you would never have gotten that uh, <laughs> at all. Um, yeah,
1: we're not going to dig that up yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... I hope Jerry Hughes stays because he's a very motivated man. He's a very clever man. And I think if there's anyone who could turn Neo around, I think it's him. And he's got such a strong vision for the team. And you can't get rid of that. Jerry Hughes is, you know, Jerry Hughes is great. And he's a very switched on bloke.
1: That's good to hear. I'm sure they can turn it around. Uh, right. Anything else on your side of things before we get into the Moto E?
0: um i don't think so
1: you haven't heard any scratchings from the paddock or Ooh. Uh, the silly season
0: formula e is thinking about lengthening lengthening its races
1: Ooh, okay
0: Ooh. yeah uh, let me get that one up um
1: yeah so the race is at the moment 45 minutes plus a lap uh obviously any safety car or, you know, two safety cars, which is sort of the norm in most races for Season 5, and then they can just put the power down as much as they like for the rest of the race. This obviously looking to stop that.
0: Yeah, so um, obviously with um, Season 6, we also see the uh, one kilowatt uh, uh, power reduction during safety car and the yellow, and um, full-course yellow conditions as well so there's going, to be a, there's going to be a lot of battery management really uh, going forward um, and it, it's interesting because obviously in season five we did we did see quite a few flat air races that berlin springs to mind so it was it was going well then there was the safety car for alex lynn and oh that it was crushing <laughs> yeah So Uh. it meant that drivers could slow down behind a safety car, gather energy, and it just turned it into a flat-out race, and ultimately Degrassi dominated it. Um, But with this rule, it'll be good, because it keeps everybody on level pegging uh, in terms of energy management, and it means that there will be energy management no matter what going forward. The issue lies in how long the safety car period is and when it comes out. So, um, let's say you're racing, and there's ten minutes left of racing. The safety car stays there for ten minutes, but you've got nine kilowatts of energy left. got a problem.
1: <laughs> yes, that uh will catch out a few people, maybe I think it's a good move, but we'll see how it's implemented i mean i I had no idea how attack mode would be implemented, and um before before the season. So yeah, it could be a real winner.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean that's the thing we didn't see we didn't know how anything was gonna be applied for a uh, generation two until our and it worked a treat, didn't it? It did. Yeah, so I mean Formula e is considering adding more laps to its races and trying to lengthen that. But um it's very much a hmm, maybe, maybe not, who knows? We'll toss a coin and see. So far from decided.
1: Okay, uh, we'll move along to the Moto E at the Red Bull Ring in Austria. And we'll look at Superpole or Moto E Bowl, uh with Mike D'Amiglio on top and 135-182. Xavier Simeon, Bradley Smith, Jesco Raffin, Nicky Tulli, Hector Garzo, Matteo Ferrari, Alex De Angelis, Eric Granado and Maria Herrera making up the top 10. Great qualifying, they stopped them going out too soon, and so there was no one disqualified for entering uh, the track too soon oh, that's or good. leaving it too late. Oh,
0: perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, did you manage to watch the qualifying or just the race?
0: I didn't see the qualifying, but I watched the race, and I loved
1: it. it was very good. It was. Uh, so round two, one lap uh, was taken off. Uh, so because. Austria, the Red Bull Ring has quite a few elevation changes. They needed to make sure that they could have the full power over the course of the race. And so they cut a lap off the race. So five laps um, due to the rain falling at the Red Bull Ring. And Simeon, who took the took the lead from second on the grid, um, D'Amiglio pretty much retaliated immediately through drafting his way past the Belgian on the run into turn three. And uh, there was a tight, I guess, fight for third. Uh, Eric Granado, but unfortunately, uh, Nicky Tooley, who was the winner last race, uh, ran wide into turn four and into a gravel trap, but he managed to get going again. Uh, So Eric Granado, unfortunately, having started on ninth on the grid, took second away, um, but unfortunately went off. And uh, mm. those moto e-bikes are about 300 kilos. Yeah, so, once you
0: go off, you can't pick them up.
1: Yeah, there's no way that he's getting there. <laughs> yeah, not picking that up, boy. Uh-huh. Um, unless you have a build that's not fit to go on a bike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Big biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pick a bike up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't use your knee, you use your bicep to get yeah. around the corner. Um,
0: uh. <laughs> right, so
1: Demiglio retook the lead as a result of that. Uh, and also, we uh, we saw Bradley Smith battling his way through the field, which was great. Uh, Simeon um, as well, with the leader, Demiglio, But um, Hector Garzo, unfortunately, went out as well, crashing out at turn four. Mm-hmm and demiglio took the win i really really liked uh, this race yeah, i really I liked this it. race it was i loved it it had everything i just wish the <laughs> i just wish it was longer
0: exactly it's um it's so fast and the, i think the beauty is because it's such a short race it is non-stop action because people are just trying to get them get themselves forward and there is really no uh, whether well, there'll be some conservation uh, but it's you know we have to get this done as fast as possible kind of attitude. And um, it was a solid race. Uh, I really felt for Hector Garzo. Um, your man Hector uh, with a great name. Yeah, he has a great name. Because he did such a good job. I think he was the fastest rider in practice. And I believe he started from 8th or ninth on the grid. Yeah, 6th, close enough. He started from 6th on the grid and he fought his way all the way up to the field. And he was so quick. He was in P two and crashed on the final lap, and he was doing such a good job. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's not having the best of time uh, no. at the moment. Uh, his uh, and that's the thing. Like his teammate Kenny Foray started in fifteenth. Uh, a few of a few of them in qualifying actually went off the track, and mm. so were penalised. Uh, Randy Punier, yeah. Nicholas Tyrol, and uh, Matea Cassiday. So yeah, they couldn't set the a time. Right, so finishing positions D'Emiglio, Simeon Smith, D'Angelis Ferrari, Sete Gibinau, the forty six year old, and sixth, Josh Hook, Jessica Raffin, uh Canepa and Salvadori, rounding out the top ten. Uh fastest lap was Demiglio, uh as well as the uh pole of course. And yeah, if you if you don't Watch this race. It looks as though Mike DiMiglio's just destroyed, yeah, uh, but was that wasn't wasn't quite the case.
0: No, it was um, it was close. It was nail biting. Actually, I absolutely loved it. I'm going to watch more Moto E because it uh, it's the first full race I've seen actually, and that was. I need more of that in my life.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, we'll Brilliant. make a convert of you yet. Uh, the next race of the Moto E World Cup is in San Marino. The San Marino Grand Prix in Misano,
0: oh, yeah. Misano Citrico Circuit.
1: I hear about it with the cars, but uh, I've I don't think I've ever seen a race there. How bad is that?
0: Oh, that's sad. Misano's fantastic. I remember the uh, the DTM round uh, last year was uh, I think it was heavy rain. Oh, it was brilliant, really good.
1: So with the DTM, because the W Series is sort of an undercard, as you will uh, to DTM. Yeah. Did they race at Misano this year? Do you know?
0: Um, no. Because
1: then I would have seen I it.
0: I haven't been watching uh, DTM this year, but I've been watching the W Series. They raced that, though. Mm, okay, well. It's when DTM don't race there at all, and I've made up all of that. Yeah, they have raced at Misano, uh, 8th of June.
1: Okay, in that case, I have seen it, because I've watched all of the W Series.
0: What did you think of the W Series? Just quickly.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. How good was it?
0: I thought it was fantastic cuz Brands Hatch is such a cool circuit as well.
1: It is. It's yeah, it seems to have everything. It it doesn't look very I mean it's not a long circuit by any means, but uh yeah,
0: I think it's really cool. Yeah, Brands Hatch is such an epic circuit. I mean, I mean you, you see uh, Brands Hatch, you see photos of it, you hear about it. If you play games, you'll play do a race on it. But it isn't until you watch it on TV that you realise how hilly it is. Um, so it's crest after crest, basically. And turn one is mental, and the final sector is so fast, and it's just—it's a proper circuit. And it was ah, oh, fantastic.
1: Because it's downhill, isn't it? On yeah, the run up downhill, to the line. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. It's such a cool track. Difficult as well. so.
1: Okay, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Uh, the next episode, we're going to look at, well, finishing off, <laughs> finally finishing off the uh, I-Pace E-Trophy. So the New York rounds. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, as the number one fan, I'm sure you're looking forward to that one.
0: I cannot wait to talk about the Jaguar Ipace pace E-Trophy. Fantastic and title decider. Oof, very good, very good.
1: Yes, so Yeah. Keep your ears locked on uh, your podcast player of choice. Uh, we are on everywhere. We're on Himalaya, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Dogcatcher, everything. So whatever you use, we'll be there. We would like to uh, get some feedback on the show. So give us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, just we want to chat to you. We probably never stop talking about motorsport. Uh hello at Regen com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh we are all over the internet and the website regionracingpodcast.com We have a nice big player on there now. So transistor.fm have updated their player so you can see the last five or six episodes that we've done in case the uh the most recent one doesn't tickle your fancy. Also, uh Epic logo was done by Make Covers on Twitter. If you're looking for a great logo, price, service, look no further. And uh, the intro music, Danelle Armour, featuring Sarah de Warren Gallery, used with permission from Danelle Armour. Check out his amazing music on all major platforms. And I don't talk about this very often, but we have a Patreon. So Patreon is a service, if you haven't heard of it, that uh, you can subscribe and uh, give us a little bit of money to yeah, keep the show running. Uh, We pay for everything out of our pockets, including the the microphones and the hosting. So uh, please consider that. And with that, thank you for listening. Thank you once again, Chris. Yeah,
0: thank you for uh, having it. Thank you for talking about filming that e No one does. (laughs) No one does. (laughs) No one
1: does. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm in that boat as well. You know, I'm always saying, hey, do you know what Formula E is? And I get a look of... It's like a problem, isn't it? uh, No. What is that?
0: It's not the electric Formula (laughs) 1. Sort of. Basically, but no.
1: Basically, but no. Yep. So if you do one thing for someone, listeners, tell them about Formula E, and maybe tell them about our show. All right. Peace. Yeah.
0: Bye-bye.